Ladies, gentlemen, and peace. This is the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat Podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. I am the Duke of Derps, also known as the Digital Phantom, also known as the Neon Hammer, also known as the fucking Derby Duke. Anyway, um, so um, <laughs> I'm here with the uh, the venerable uh, Lord of the Tides himself, Charles. How are you doing today? The world is my oyster. Doing absolutely lovely. Look, a short week. This is, you know, hey, when we founded the show, there was only two shows, and now we have fucking four. So, you know. Wait, was Rampage technically not a show when we started? No, it was just Dynamite and Rampage, but now we've added. Oh, wait, Ring right. Of, we added Ring of Dawn exists, I forgot. So, yeah, man, uh, it was a shorter week, but I think it was a good week. We had, we had a lot of stuff going on, too. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. So. Anyway. So yeah, we got some stuff to talk about this week, and we'll get into favorites and stuff in a second. But you know, we I'll just do our top of the show rundown like we like to do. QT Marshall's back. We'll talk about that. It's obviously pretty big news. It was pretty big news when he left. Probably pretty big news that he's back. So we're gonna have. Oh, so I'm asking about this because I actually probably should have asked you about this before the show, Charlie. But is the dynamite update to do with like the graphics? Like kind of how we got around this time last year. Yes. Okay, that's. I was just wondering. So we'll we'll talk about that, obviously. And I mean, honestly, we could probably talk about that right now. I, I'm excited for that. That'll probably be good, right? You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I'm always up for a facelift. And is there know, more information about it? Is that why we have not as like an actual topic or like? Yep. Yeah, we got a little more. Okay, well then we'll, we'll we'll leave that as it is. And I didn't know if there was. I didn't know they actually put out stuff about it. I know they did last year, but you never know because it's just like a new graphics. Okay, that's still pretty cool though. Osprey is done with his indie dates is usually an indication of people coming to AEW pretty soon, which we were expecting. Anyway, we happened to, we had a date a while back on it, didn't we? About when we should be about should be showing up, and I think it was March, right? Was what they said. Yeah, that's what I heard. Anyway. No matter what, we got his. Uh, oh, we got his fucking revolution match. But um, is he showing up this upcoming week? No idea. My guess right now would be I'd guess no, maybe Collision, but. Yeah, that's I'm right. Not- I forgot they did throw him on Revolution. That was something they just did in like a random backstage segment, right? With the cash in. Yep. And Donald. Donald Callis. Yeah. And there was no collision this week, which is obviously fucking against because it means less FDR and less everybody, you know? But like, whatever. Less good women's wrestling, you know? But what can you do? No um, main event. Fuck. Yeah, I know. Favorites are in shambles this week. <laughs> Not really, though. We have our Ring of Honor Dynamite Rampage results, as always. And just a couple of orders of business to take care of at the top of the show. Whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on, make sure you hit that follow into a subscribe button, and you hit us with that five-star Frog Splash review. We got RVD coming back in next week. We had a few weeks ago. Hopefully, we would get an RVD run, bro. I, I feel like the tides are turning. 420. Yeah, I know. That's, so I'm excited. But I think it's still one-off dates. Give me like a solid three-month run. Of RVD. Come on. Tag him with Hook. Anyway. They've been trying to make a tag team for Hook for a while. Because clearly they don't see Hook as a single star. You know, like... Fuckers. Anyway. And yeah. And also, follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. At O-Charlie with an X instead of an A for Charlie. 
at Eat Sleep Elite for the podcast. Hit us with your tweets and your and your messages about what you think. Let us know what you think about No Collision this week. I personally think regardless of whether there was the NBA and they would have been destroyed, it was still a fucking horrible decision to just not run a show this week. Like, what? Like No Collision. So what what does that mean? Does that mean that like they just all the people that were bought tickets for that show just got refunded? Like No, they just never booked one. Yeah, okay, no. Well, so so just like I think next God, it might actually be this upcoming week, Collision is actually filming the same night as Dynamite. I prefer when they just tape it. You know what I mean? Like I don't I know it fucks up the flow of the storylines, but like I just you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah, no, so that, yeah, we're going to get back to the taping, so, at least for one week. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't really matter one way or the other, I guess, but, and yeah, and, you know, so if you have opinions about that, just send us over there on the Eat Sleep Elite. We'll, we always like to engage with the community. We haven't, um, done this, but if we should do, like, a, like, upcoming, like, we should, like, probably, like, you know, send it out to waves for, like, a few weeks. We should, like, put together a bunch of questions that people send in, if people even send in questions, like, if y'all want us to answer a question, you have just like a random wrestling question. I think this would be a good segment because especially if there's like, I don't think this will be the only week where we have like not that much to talk about because a lot of the story for this pay-per-view has already been set up. You know what I mean? Like we're probably going to have a few weeks. You know, we always have those like couple weeks before the WWE or even sometimes the last week before an AEW pay-per-view where it's like, there's not really much left to do. Like everyone's just getting squash matches and there's not really like a lot going on, you know, like we'll get there. Like, we're not even there yet. <laughs> we're, like, in the middle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're already having this show, so. Anyway, that being said, though, Charlie, let's get into favorites. I've rambled on enough here at the top of the show. Hit me with yours, because you've got the bump this week, bud. Yeah, so, looking at all of the matches that we've had, I think there's a plethora that we could pick from. And, and that in a week where we don't even have collision, I think that just shows the quality of wrestling that, again, is, is AW putting out. AW putting out week by week, man. And, God, I'm going to go to a match that surprised me. Like a lot of people, when I saw a Texas death match for Orange Cassidy and Matt Taven, I was like, okay. And I got to tell you. Uh, I, I, tell you bro, I was locked in because remember that street fight they had with the infantry, bro? That It was good. It was good. Was but good. It was like, are, we, are we abusing? Sorry, it was a fight without honor, I should say. It was I one was, of the best Ring of Honor matches that year. You know what I mean? My mindset a little bit was, are we going to abuse the Texas death matches? Like, like they've been perfect so far, flawless in this company. Not a single one's been bad. Are we just going to turn to overusing them, right? We have our street fights, our Texas, you know, street fights that are sometimes hit, sometimes miss. But we're going death match for Matt Taven and Orange Cassidy? Okay. Well, uh, OC needed to redeem himself after. Do you remember the last OC death match in, in AEW? Well, I, he might have actually had another one in between there. I can't even remember. It was no. Adam Cole at Beach Break. Oh, it was fine, but it was just not what it could have been between those two. For the yeah. feud they had, it was not a good send off. You know what I mean? Like, and that being said, in the limited amount of time that this match had, these boys were fucking cooking. They oh, yeah. instantly brought you in. They made you care about this match. Matt Taven, Matt motherfucking Taven, putting his name to good use here. This is the guy that main evented and won the ROH World Championship at Madison Square Garden. He'll always have that. And now he main evented this AEW in a Texas death match against Orange Cassidy. I thought he kicked ass. I really, really enjoyed this. They made great use of the chairs. The the table spot of Matt going Superman through a fucking table was incredible. 
I mean, that's a gift that you could see for the rest of the year and be happy with. I thought the shenanigans between when Mike Bennett came out and Chuck, you know, giving, they made good use of the environment for the Valentine's Day with, with Chuck and the little, you know, the chocolate box that was actually filled with thumbtacks with Trent coming down the aisle with a goddamn bouquet of roses, but he pulls out a steel pipe. You know, I thought they made good, good use of the situations that they were in. And yeah, I think this is the kind of quality we were getting from Orange Cassidy's first title reign. And we're getting back to it now. And there'll be some people that tell you why they have this match. Well, simply because Roddy wants to push Orange Cassidy to the limit. And Matt Taven is in the Undisputed Kingdom. To me, I think that funny. I mean, this is the equivalent of putting Dominic against, I don't know, whoever the Judgment Day would be feuding with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, who's a champion? Because you want to have a match. You know, fucking Dominic versus Pete Dunne. I don't know. You can yeah, go with something. Any chance. It's just like, yeah. it's the idea of, it's it's faction warfare, but, you know, with Orange Cassidy. And then the way you can look at it like this. They're using their numbers against Orange Cassidy to win the title. And let's let's say this. If Ishii and Ka- and and Matt Taven are Orange Cassidy's final two matches for this title that he defends successfully, I think that's a great two to go out on. And we know the match with Roddy's going to be fucking awesome. And we still have time before the pay-per-view. I think we, we do. I, I just I don't see it happening next week or, or the week after. But Orange Cassidy, you know, I actually didn't have this on news. Orange Cassidy showed up at RevPro with Tony Khan, and, and they did a whole big media tour this week. Them not having collision allowed Tony Khan to go to London to watch his soccer team play. Football football team, you know, depending on where you guys are. And and Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen were there with him side by side doing stuff for Wembley. And it's like, well, let's, you know, it, there are certain guys he really likes in this company. And yeah. Duke, some thoughts on this match because I, I thought, uh, oh, let me get the finish real quick. Go ahead. Before we uh, jump too far ahead. Cassidy hit an orange punch, beach break onto a stack of chairs and thumbtacks he wrapped his hand around the chain hit the orange punch roddy ran out tried to hit a running knee trent took the bullet i think that's a that's a multi-layered bullet there cassidy sent strong packing taven never made the 10 count orange cassidy was declared the winner something of note here because commentary loves to do this they are very good at this they made sure to point out just how lucky orange cassidy is to have a friend like trent beretta We've seen Trent Beretta take, at this point, I want to say, three to four bullets for Orange Cassidy over the past year with this title. Let's just say it. I mean, over They've the also past had like year with this title run. Ten promo segments. And this is, uh, this is where I give credit when people say AEW doesn't tell stories, right? This is where I give credit to AEW, right? That they've been subtly telling the story across every promo segment that Rocky and him have been in for a while, including ones with Chuck, where Chuck was kind of on Orange's side a little bit more, you yeah. know, like they've been planting this seed that Trent is going to like revolt against Orange Cassidy for ever since the stuff with Wheeler, really, you Dude, know, like you could carry us. That could be an incredible promo through the spring. Like, or like, oh, dude, like, if Orange Cassidy defends against Roderick and then Trent is his next competitor. And we do this, we do a non-title best friends, like fucking just insane blood feud. That's the kind of program that carries you through the spring. And I said when he lost the title that Orange Cassidy didn't need a championship anymore to carry a storyline. He doesn't. You know? He absolutely doesn't. This this writes itself. And yeah, there's a couple things like we've pointed out before with, with commentary. I don't think that's a one-liner, man. And and just the way the bullet happened, you know, it's a fucking running knee. It essentially is a bullet. Let's be real. 100%. 
Yeah, no, I mean, just a really good Texas death match, you know, which again, like I think in, in the tune up of him about to lose the title, they're, they're tuning it back up to like where he was when he had the title the first time. Like maybe they told him, Hey, just take it easy on this one. Cause we just wanted you to have the title. Cause we don't have anyone else to put on it right now. You know, we're waiting on Roderick to be in the faction and we haven't revealed that yet. So just keep being champion and we won't have you defend it again. You know, it's like, okay. I'll just be champion, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of really good spots in this. It probably my favorite thing was that thumbtack moment. Just this, it was just a really well, like set up spot. You know, that was the thing that Orange Cassie was like, Hey, brought this box. Environment, man. Like when we can incorporate the environment in ways that feel smart to the wrestlers and just smart to everyone involved. It makes it more fun. Well, it it's also more, like it's more memorable because we're going to remember. Yes, it's more memorable. This match but, was during Valentine's Day. Yeah, well, it's it's that too, and it's also it's like there's ways that you can do. Like I don't like trigger street fights. I don't like that dumb like stipulation with like the holiday shit. I know people love them. And I just don't care for them personally. But this was a good incorporation of a holiday into AEW's more extreme. Because let's be real, over the last year, AEW, the thing that's defined AEW and all the hardship that they've gone through as a company, because of not really like experiencing the kind of growth we wanted to see from AEW, it's kind of gotten a lot edgier, you know? It's a lot darker. The storytelling is a lot more dramatic than what you get in WWE, you know? like, Which is why I think we like it so much, because we like that kind of like avant-garde storytelling anyway in our in our in our fiction you know like yeah and i don't know it's like this this leans right into that it's like it's like aw is almost like where you go when you have like repressed emotions that you need to get out through storytelling you know what i mean like i don't know I mean, the, the whole the whole swerve storyline that we've gotten is just so beautiful and I, yeah it's like a renaissance in aw right now in terms of storytelling which is why i, I still don't get that like criticism you know like but that being said you know i i do think orange cassidy do think he needs to have that storyline or a storyline of that caliber to like get back on track because i don't think this title reign does anything for him really ultimately like no no a trent beretta storyline where rocky and and chuck are involved and you even get some statlander involved i would love a scenario where chuck has to choose and he chooses orange because even though he's been in partners with Chuck for a while, like he just, he doesn't understand why Trent's being so weird. And then like, then you can have a Rapungi vice run in AEW, you know, like, and we know Rocky is going to be more involved anyway, because he's been signing contracts everywhere, you know? So like, anyway, I guess let's jump into my favorite. And honestly, if I didn't think like, I didn't even, I saw like, a gif of like the end of this match, like not even a gif. I think it was just, like a clip on Twitter, just like randomly scrolling. And I honestly would not have on paper thought in my head that this would have been my favorite this week, but we had a no disqualification match, which was essentially basically a ladder match. Let's be real. You know, yeah, like yeah. it's just what they had, but they, they called it no disqualification. So I guess so they could get away with other stuff. Like, tables matches have never had, or not tables matches, ladder matches. I've never like been like, oh, you just have to like where the table spots come from with them anyway. But yeah, I think I think despite the bullshit that obviously happens in this match, it's unfortunate, you know, for Jeff, which you have more information on, and we'll get to after I I go through my little spiel here. Which before I go off on that though, I will say, Sammy Guevara, just stop wrestling Hardys, bro. Stay away from them. 
He's just not good. What did what did the Hardys do to Sammy Guevara, bro? What did they do? I don't get it, man. Anyway, jokes aside. Oh, by the way, I liked. I tip Matt Menard doing. Was he on this whole episode of Rampage, bro? Yes. What a fucking guy. Love Matt Menard getting on commentary for a full episode of Rampage. Throw him on there, bro. I'm sure there's some commentators that want some Rampage weeks off. You know what I mean? Just throw him on there. He's there anyway. I guarantee he's there most weeks for the check. You know what I mean? Like, he seems like the kind of him and Angelo just hanging out in the back. Like, we got not shit to do. Them and Ruby literally not being booked on the show half the time. Oh, Ruby can get, book it. Been getting booked more, obviously, recently with her whole Angelo story. But, you know, up until they were involved in that, like, they were all probably just sitting backstage, like, Hey guys, and Soraya shows Hello. up. Like, what's going on? And Jay pops by. Hey, we're all not booked again this week. Okay. You know, like, anyway. Um, yeah, Jeff can still go, man. I think, I think this match confirms it. I mean, obviously he got injured, but like, you know, that's not really his fault, obviously, in this instance. He looked fucking great in this match, though. And yeah, Sammy Guevara. Moxley match was good. He's yep. cooking. Um, and, and Sammy Guevara, I think, is fire, firing on all cylinders. He had some good stuff. And his swanton off the ladder looked fucking incredible. <laughs> there was a twist of fate off the ladder, which I think Jeff might have actually gotten a concussion on, on top of all the other shit that happened, you know? Um, no, not really, but this shit looked brutal, you know? Um, which I actually liked the commentary. I think it might have been Excalibur. Uh, maybe it wasn't Excalibur. It was somebody on commentary pointed out that it was like a callback to when Sammy did that with the Cody match uh, for the TNT title or whatever, which God, still one of the best TV matches in AEW. Crazy. So good. You know what I mean? Match at the beat. Oh, what, what a show. Cody's last show in AEW. No, it was Beach Break, wasn't it? Not yeah, no. Beach. They, well, I think everyone thought it was going to be called Bash at the Beach, but then they just didn't do it for reasons I don't know. But yeah. Uh, so obviously Jeff gets hurt. Before we talk about what happened after the match, let's go ahead and talk about Jeff. So how is Jeff doing? Jeff is perfectly fine. He didn't even break his nose. He just had a nose injury and there was no concussion. He, he confirmed this himself on Instagram Sunday. Um, he was pretty much just posting about his concert that he has on February 23rd in Kentucky. So Jeff Hardy is a okay. It just looks scary. Um, yeah, that's, it's good. Good to hear that. Yeah, it looked fucking brutal on TV. So I guess it just worked out for the angle. If they want to shoot an angle between those two guys now, they have the opportunity, obviously. That's not going to be the case, though, because of what happens next, which is Powerhouse Hobbs spine-bustering the absolute piss out of Sammy Guevara. Um, You know, at first, we were like, do we want this match? Yeah, we do. These two are yeah, fucking we do. good. They're, they're too fucking good to not have this match be fucking banger. And the feud's honestly been pretty interesting so far. You know, like, it's, this might be the best thing the Don Callis family's done. Other than beating, you know, Kenny twice, but whatever, you know, like, um, but they weren't really the Don Callis family. The Don, then, so. Don Callis family's just got no motion right now, you know. We we got no juice right now, but Bro, it's uh, got so little juice. Kyle's not even showing up to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but do we, we know when Kyle's gonna be back? Oh, I'm sure I'll be back any minute. Okay, he's selling that Jericho match, bro. He's selling that Jericho <laughs> match, baby. <laughs> Does Jericho get a title shot now? Honey? Jericho back in Ring of Honor, bro. Ah, book it, fuck it. Hey, we need we need more stars to have championships and not be on Ring of Honor. <laughs> Did he ever defend on Ring of Honor television once when he was champion? I don't think it existed. Oh, you know what? You're right. Actually, yeah. I think you're correct. No, he's he's in the clear. He defended as many times as Eddie. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm I, I dug the match. 
uh, no DQ. I didn't realize that at first. Like, come on, man. What is this indie bullshit? No, I was like, what? I was like, what the hell are we doing? Oh, no DQ. No, it makes sense. Fucking New Japan rules. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what would they say in the past couple? Uh, we're going to be lenient with the rules this match. You know what? Thank you, announcers, for covering everyone's ass. Um, no, it, it was good. Jeff Hardy's cooking. Yeah, look, I, I like Sammy Guevara. I, I've always liked Sammy Guevara. It's just his character's fucking dreadful. And, and that's just a part that we always kind of run into with him, right? Which is why when, you know, our award show, if you guys are ever interested in checking those, we have, uh, our 2023 awards, uh, recently posted. But during our 2022 award show, I listed Sammy Guevara as my most underrated wrestler. And a big part of that is I, I think he's just fucking incredible in the ring. But you get little things like this where, you know, do you want to blame him? No. Should he get? I don't know. I, again, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel know. like it's his fuck up in this. If, if, if it had been a move they were both doing, but this is just a move he's supposed to be good at. You know what I mean? Like, and this is something he's practiced a thousand times. At and the yes, end of the day. it happens, but. So you did do he, look at it. Was Jeff in the wrong spot? Was Sammy in the wrong spot? Did Sammy? It is crazy that it's been two Hardy brothers that he has fucked up. Like that's crazy. Like, well, that Matt one was really, really nasty. That was yeah, bad. That was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Was Matt, thought they that was have a pay per view, right? Matt's wife took to Twitter. It, it got ugly. It was bad. Yeah, that yeah. was a bad look. That was. That was, that was when AEW was still. I remember that was that, that 2019 AEW, bro. That was. I remember <laughs> we were watching AEW. Uh, because trying to, we were trying to get into it, but we weren't even watching wrestling really at the time. I mean, you were, but I wasn't really at all. And I, I think we watched part of that show, and I think that was one of the big things that initially turned me off to AEW because I was like, this is some indie shit. People are getting, like, concussions and being allowed to wrestle. This is craziness, you know? Like, yeah. And then I saw the gif of the Young Buck, the, uh, the, uh, what is it, the, the Northern Lights down the fucking yard lines, and I was like, all right, I'm over this. But eventually, I came to appreciate stadium that. fucking stampede. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but um, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that was our favorites this week. Because you guys know we love to start our, our weeks off with hitting our favorites. And now we jump. This into is the news. shortest news segment of all time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now we now we jump into news where we don't have a shitload to talk about. But uh, QT Marshall's returning to AEW in an executive role. Um, he resigned from the company in November. He put out a statement kind of along the lines of, it feels like new, it, he didn't put out the statement. It was reported, but it's kind of along. It's too sports oriented. It, AEW is more like new Japan now. And at the time, Bro, really did we just brought the, the rankings wrong. back and he's, he's back now. He's that. So what the fuck is this problem? Something's, uh, well, it's more sports oriented than when he left. And, it it did rub me the wrong way a little bit when he said that. I was like, well, fuck you. I I love what you did for the company and all that, but you, I, I don't want to be WWE 2. That's, uh, that's me. I'm not this is an alternative. Anymore. That's fucking QT Marshall. Fucking QT Marshall is... Yeah, yeah. So Mr. Marshall here is uh, back as an executive. Oh, his his actual words were, the company has changed a lot since 2019. It's heading in a different direction, and I feel that it's best I do the same. We only get one chance to go all in. And that next Meltzer was talking about on the Observer Radio, how Marshall, quote, wants to be a wrestling star. And he'd been doing his stuff in Mexico, and a lot of people at the time thought, you know, is, is Cody going to help get him into WWE? And sure enough, it didn't happen. So, yeah, man, look, if if he's here Cody to help Lander. train wrestlers, and that's the reality of it, right? He's an executive. 
what exactly, excuse me, a hundred different fucking things. But yeah, let's stick to the sports stuff though. If if we start going back to, you know, whatever the fuck was happening in November, I'm going to be a little upset, but uh, obviously before the continental classic, let me, let me clarify that. But um, it's fascinating how the continental classic kind of rebirthed the interest in AEW in a way, because a lot of people reason why it was considered the alternative for so long. And it's not that it's still not, but I think AEW's stance as the number two isn't quite so secure anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's there's people like you see these companies making moves and signing people, and you're like, they wouldn't be doing this. If they didn't think they had a shot. You know what I mean? Like, so like it makes uh, that's the thing that's been kind of worrying me a little bit lately is seeing how many of those companies are making moves. You know what I mean? Like, especially WWE. Because when WWE starts making a lot of moves, that's usually when AEW talent starts to not resign, and you know what I mean. And it's like weird stuff, you know. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like QT, I mean, I know we always like. Wasn't isn't there been like stuff that QT has been like suggested to have been involved with that was not great that was going on? Like, I'm sure. No, he's also had stuff that he was, and so it's it's just we're just gonna have to wait and see. I, I'm not beyond thrilled with this. That I'll, I'll leave it at that. You know, did we ever figure out what happened with Dan Lambert? By the way, <laughs> God, I don't even know. Jeez, what? Um, no, the I entire faction just disappeared out of AEW. It was crazy for the best. Now look at Ethan Page, fun babyface. Um, AEW's Blackpool Combat Club is to wrestle at CML. Um. Homenaje a dos leyendas, I believe is how it's pronounced. In other words, they're wrestling in Arena Mexico. They are facing Mystico, Volador Jr., Blue Panther, and Ultimo Guerrero. So, cool for them. And uh, they pushed a shitload of tickets the day after this was in. Uh, like a shitload. I believe over 5K. And Willow Nightingale is also wrestling in CMLL. She's teaming with Tessa Blanchard and La Catalina facing Stephanie Vaquer, Zosis, and Lueva, I believe. So, Stephanie Vaquer, again, she is fucking incredible. So, keep an eye out for that. And then our last little bit of news here, AW Dynamite is to debut a new set following Revolution. Um, Tony Khan took to X on Wednesday, and he wrote, AW Dynamite is red, AW Dynamite is blue, until the Wednesday after AW Revolution, we'll have a brand new set for you. He wrote Happy Valentine's Day. And then right after that, Brandon Thurston, who I believe works for Fightful. Not 100% on that. I don't have his name pulled up right now. He wrote, uh, yeah, the tunnels are coming back. So expect the tunnels. It's not going to be the old tunnels. It's going to be new versions of them. And I got to tell you. I think like they're coming out of a fucking spaceship like it's WCW. I think with having collisions set the this, you can run these tunnels on Dynamite have the shows right now the sets are a little similar for my liking i think aw dynamite was way too inspired by the new collision set because of how beautiful it was. i think there's a way you can make these tunnels work with their big fucking led screens that they like now that they become obsessed with give me a daily's place ramp in every arena could work but uh, no we and um i i i don't hold on we don't need the tunnels let me clarify that However, I think that that was such a signature thing of OG AEW in 2019 that you have a heel and babyface tunnel. It's stupid. Yes, 
but I think it worked for what it is. And um, I am oh, perfectly dude, don't get, content. Don't get it twisted. Wrestling fans love their fucking tunnels. They had them in WCW. I don't know if they had two tunnels, but they had a tunnel in WCW. They had yeah. there's TNA to the tunnel thing. This is a thing. People love it. And and if you know, good report from him. Uh, yeah, I look. I love updating shit, man. Let's keep fresh. Like what what they did with bringing collision in and and how they had that shit organized. Clearly, they had a plan for a long time, and they executed it perfectly. Because Collision, day one, day fucking one, felt a different show. There's a different vibe when you put on that AEW Collision show. And um, I, I think this having like the vibe different of sets. Smackdown Live, it's crazy. I mean, like. Having, and having different sets is fucking crucial for wrestling. It's absolutely crucial. That's why we don't, we don't get on rants about it often, but. All these big things, it's just, it, it's another word for fucking laziness, and it takes away all creativity, which is why I say, shout out Pro Wrestling Noah for how beautiful their sets are, especially when they're at the Tokyo Dome. Actually, Japanese wrestling sets in general are pretty fucking good. Yeah, and, and Pro Wrestling Noah, absolutely set at their uh, the most recent big show they had. Like, uh, in gen- so, shit like that, man. If AEW wants to, they'll do it. Uh, I hope Revolution has a fucking badass set. It should. There's no reason it couldn't. Let's let's make every pay per view feel fucking cool. You know, little things. I, I think because we've had every year so far that we've covered, we had somebody come out of Revolution and as a debut. Um, do you think we'll do like the Jay Lethal thing or the Swerve thing with uh, Mercedes? I think she's the thirteenth. I think if it's a debut, it's. You know what? That could be the case. I, that's why I'm saying, like, is that like just like he shows up after the main event? Then, like, um, if it's Okada showing up at the end, like, does somebody else have to win the title off Joe at that point? Like, that title's not going on last. It's going to be the titles. Oh, true. Yeah. Well, sorry. Well, the the co-main event then, but like you know, like the the world title match. I, I look Earth uh against Okada. Any of three, right? So unless they want to just insert him into, you know, maybe he shows up and tries to kick Danielson's ass. Maybe we rekindle that, but yeah, no, I mean, you can have him show up fucking anywhere. They could even save him for big ball, big business. So I'll tell you exactly what you have him do. He faces Darby Allen. He's got to get revenge for, for his friends that are about to steal the titles off this. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump into our results of the show. Um, we open up with Ring of Honor episode 51, and I gotta tell you, they announced something for 52, and I, I think they heard us a little bit here, man. I think they heard it. So, let's, uh, uh, let's jump into the women's TV title. Day one, it's fucking time. How are we doing? And I believe we opened up with Queen Aminata, if I'm correct. Correct. Queen Aminata took on, uh, this was after our normal Rick and Bowen zone rundown. It's some really hard strikes in this one. Actually, I felt like it had a pretty good pace. Um, really cocky covers or some crazy elbow strikes, a brutal, oh, this spine kick that Aminata hit, bro. Oh my god, dude. There was, um, I there, really like her. I found a new move that I, uh, so I, I have a new spot I want to see. I want that headbutt, that, uh, the headbutt that, uh, Queen Aminata on J-Rod. 
Yeah. I want to see that collide with uh, the forearm of Athena's and just watch the universe implode from the impact. You know what I mean? Like, um, cause that would be amazing. And just double knockout, no fucking contest, you know, title match, you know? Yeah. No. <laughs> um, and, uh, make it a fucking eliminator so they can run it back. You know what I mean? Um, no, if answer butts about it. Wait, how would that work? A double count out in an eliminator match. Does that mean the champion just gets away or do they get the, cause they didn't beat the other person. Do they get the title shot? Interesting. Maybe that's something they have to play with, with this eliminator thing. I guess it's called a proving ground to ring of honor, but you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> we got a sting retirement video. Just a little pro. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh, this was fucking phenomenal, Charlie. <laughs> Queen Aminata backstage. Yep. Talking about her victory. Dude, she has it. She's got the sauce in the ring and on the mic. And again, I'm glad they showed clips of it this week, by the way, on Rampage, I think it was. Oh, it's up interview where they, I, I recommend everybody go back and listen to, well, what was it last week or something that I talked about it? Um, maybe it was two weeks ago. Yeah, that interview right. segment. Yeah, did you go back and watch it after I told you to, yeah. by the way? Yeah, I, it was I phenomenal. This, I caught it last week. It was phenomenal. It was one of the best interviews they've done. And I hope in, uh, Renee continues to do that, especially with the women's division, but just with everybody in general, because it seems like people are really, I mean, if you've ever seen Renee's podcast where she interviews people, I don't know if she still does that, but that at least, um, she gets people to just open up. She's got that kind of personality that people want to talk to her about stuff, you know? So do that stuff more because Aminata just like melted in her hands. It was kind of like, um and she was able to get her to talk like about some pretty dark harsh shit you know what i mean that um she's somebody i want to root for right now not just because she's really good in the ring and she's wrestling at this insane pace but she's like just genuinely seems like a really good person that deserves to to be successful um but that aside we had a match next which was the infantry taking on midnight heat who are from um and and I wrote in my notes they could be good spy. Um it wasn't very long, so infantry are super consistent. Um any thoughts, Charlie, on the infantry this week on Ring of Honor? They were fine. They were there. Yeah, they and midnight heat now. are I like more did later in the show. And I gotta tell you, Midnight Heat, this is the team to keep an eye on. I'm very glad they booked on Ring of Honor. This is the team that Dax Harwood last year put over so fucking heavy online. And I believe they even went to the to have a match with them on the Indies, just a match. And um, yeah, these guys are very, very good, and they have the approval from FTR. Out like, if that doesn't give you an idea of <laughs> the people that are behind them, it's uh, Gibson and uh, Eddie Pearl. Eat so. I feel like we've seen individually on dark matches from both guys the singles that were pretty solid. like, and. uh yeah, definitely. Back when worked. dark. God. You say we added a, we added a show. We had four shows. We re, we did. Yeah, no, time. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> but now, it's, yeah. So uh, everyone they keep canceling two of them. Midnight Heat because don't be too shocked if <laughs> uh, start. they show back up on yeah. on Ring of Con. Hey, I'm down. They they seem interesting. We just get a lot of time with them in the. Uh, but we did get it's because we had another match coming to Charlie that dude I I I've been gassing this up because mm-hmm. they've been doing a job with this lately and they fucking delivered Charlie holy shit this tournament if this is the quality we're getting for this women's tournament Charlie that we're building stories out months across that was, this makes me wonder is was he thinking about this tournament when he fucking started booking this stuff with Maria and Le- and and uh, Rachel. 
Like, was. Maybe he didn't know it was going to be for that. Maybe he thought it would be, like, for the world title or something. Like, uh, I I don't know. Tony Khan's a fucking genius sometimes, so I wouldn't put it, like... Um, but Charlie, we had a props to these two girls here because first of all, not only did they have a really technically wrestling match that I, I knew they both had in them, but I didn't know if they were with each other. This establishes both of them and they're both like pretty young in their careers in terms of wrestling, right? Like they, I, dude, I feel like I saw so much from Rachel in this match that I hadn't seen from her in a single setting yet. And I think Layla Hirsch established herself as one of the dominant, like, sort of, like, powerhouse-style wrestlers that we're going to see on Ring of Honor in the women's division. I think they both established themselves as legit challengers for Athena in this match, to be honest with you. Like, I... Very, very I, good. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed this. Sorry. I, I, I'm gassing up the women on this show this week because Ring of Honor has the balls to put four fucking women's matches on a show. You know what I mean? Like... And I I would love it to become the regular because you know what these girls can fucking work. Actually, let's take a look. One, two, three. I'm just counting segments. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine segments of Ring of Honor this week were all women's segments. Build star, put put new people over. I mean, that's that's having faith in your women's division. And they should. They AW Television would never do that. Literally never, unless they were doing a women's continental classic or something like that. Like the only time we get that many women's matches ever in a, in a week period. Remember, and we tried to do it with the Owen this past year, and guess what? The women got fucking blocked off a couple of weeks. Remember because they had to catch up match. Uh, I don't know if it was catching up matches, but like they remember there was a couple of weeks where we only got like one or two women's matches in the Owen, and we got like three in the men's or something. You know, like yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, got the women this week. Um. So a lot of story got done here. Uh, Rachel did a really good job of working her own arm. Um, I don't know. Okay, I got to ask you, Charlie, because you know more stuff than me. Do do we think Rachel's arm actually popped out of socket, or they just did a really good job of selling it? Look, she could have like the double jointed or whatever it is that some people have. Oh, like when like Alexa, that was one of the craziest wrestling moments of all time when Alexa could, did that she shit. Could be able to do that, or it's just really good. Players. I, I could see the doc being capable of, of being like you being a doctor, but also capable of like, cause he's in the wrestling business of knowing, okay, I need to be able to perform on camera in moments when I either seem work. And that if, if it was all smoke and mirrors, then they did a phenomenal job. And that's just more praises on the match. You know what I mean? Agreed. Um, but even if it wasn't, then she's just a fucking, you know what I mean? Like, um, Layla ultimately picks up the win and, uh, we had more planted seeds here because at the end of the match, they weren't quite ready to be like back to being best friends again. You know and I mean, there was a little bit of bad blood there still after the end, but they ended up making up, making up ultimately, which we'll get to, but just, I, I mean, Charlie, I just, I'm before we I move from this, I got to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on this. Plus we have lots to talk about this week anyway. I mean, just phenomenal story being told by these two over months now Something as well. Um, cause they, so they, they've been it. teeing it up, especially last week. Maybe they were a little heavy-handed with it, but, you know, knowing... We didn't know last week we didn't match. Um, great job, guys. Yeah, uh, if we had the brackets, we could have, like, built on that. How about we, how about bit, we but... released the bracket a week before? Just, you know, you could have had a lot of people having fun online trying to predict the winner, and it would have been fun. But, yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I think everyone... I think they both really crushed it. I'm a big fan of Layla. And Rachel, I, I have... I don't have, like, this vast, you know... 
I haven't seen a shitload of her matches beyond these Ring of Honor ones. And she hasn't really had like any that are more than just over-glam squashes, essentially. So this is the first time I've like, been able to see her cook in a one-on-one match. I thought she did great. I thought she did really good. So, um, Layla's so good. I- I've been seeing a lot of teases this week about how I guess when uh, brought her NWA World Championship on AEW a couple years ago. They did a face-off with her and Layla. And they ended up having that match on pay-per-view. The size difference in the standoff that they had was like some men. Camille is, it sounds like, no longer headed to WWE. So there's a chance we could run this match in an AEW. And what if we run it in Ring of Honor with Layla Hurst winning this brand new title? And maybe you run Camille in Ring of Honor. And look, I, I still think off. there's one. I still think there is one ultimate goal in Ring of Honor for Layla. I think we both know what it is, even though we probably both don't want it to happen, but we've already seen her wrestle there once, so it's probably going to happen again. She's facing Ronda at some point. Um, Dude, I'm perfectly fine with that. I kind of like dig that Ronda went to Ring of Honor instead of AEW, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. With, uh, um, what's her name? Her Marie uh, and Athena. I, and she did, she did good work. Was she a little sloppy? I'm sure she hadn't wrestled in a while. You know what I mean? like, But like, she didn't look any worse than whenever I saw her wrestling in WWE and I had an issue with her. So I, and I think that's a match you could build on a pay-per-view that's not for a title. You know what I mean? Cause I don't think Layla's probably winning this tournament yet. I mean, I'd have to see what the field looks like after the first, you know, Russian, but I, I, I just, in my head, it's not working there. I, I, I'll talk about it more when we get to backstage with that later. I think I, I have a couple different ideas about what, um, but we got a first of our, uh, segments, uh, where, uh, Nyla Rose was still talking the shit, you know, and yeah, uh, Athena. So, um, and this is a little bit of a brutal like brawl backstage, which led to Athena in a later segment being a little roughed up. So we'll get there's um where there were back here and they took on a group that I actually I don't know they again like there was who was it last week that I was like they scream Ring of Honor I can't remember they just had like a really cool look I can't remember who it was but. This group also feels like I know they're an indie faction, so they're probably not getting on there. But lights, camera, faction, bro. I don't know. There's something about that that just kind of works. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, there's probably like 37 members in it, but I'm down. Bring as many in as we can. Let's let's fucking go. They said, I don't know. It just works. Um, yeah, I still don't care about the runners, Charlie. Ooh. No. Okay, moving on. Oh, okay. Actually, I do have to talk about this. They used the boot camp to win, so they're probably facing the fucking infantry. Charlie, if these guys beat the infantry on pay-per-view... They're not beating uh, the infantry. These guys uh, lost uh, multiple two-on-one matches on AEW television. They're dead. Why are they being booked against the infantry, then? I have to put the infantry over. Oh, side feud. <sighs> well, I do like that Lee Moriarty in the next segment kind of stirs the pot a little bit. I like that STP is just kind of, like, picking their spots, just fucking around with other people while they can. Yeah. Um, infantry are like not happy, obviously. Uh, we had a Brian Keith match. You should go on Slice Boogie. Slice Boogie! What a name. Fuck yeah. Um, bit of dominance here. And, uh, I thought, mm, not much here. Brian Keith picking up a, a nice wing. A nice wing. A nice win. I was trying to say. Um, all right. Another great women's match. Trisha Dora taking on Mercedes Martinez. I love them putting these two against each other, by the way. The chain match was, I mean, pun intended off the chain you know what i mean like 
they were they were doing crazy stuff. I love the presentation of this tournament so far. They're treating it like in that sort of AW Ring of Honor sports presentation that we're doing right now. So and I just dig it. It feels like it matters. This one was a little slower paced, but I think that was intentional because we're seeing heel right now. Um, and so that's kind of she's wrestling right now, uh, and she had a little bit there. Um, and I. I do like um, that there was like a bit of like a deliberate attack on the back in this match. Like I felt like it's like a good like I don't know how many how much do you see people attacking somebody's back? You know what I mean? Like in wrestling, like it does get done. Like Brian Danielson kicks you in the back, and we t- I talked about Queen Ali not just kick to the back that happened, but like you know I don't know I, I don't usually see people like usually when that gets targeted, um, you know, like to try and get a submission with it. But there are submission holds that I mean I would assume would. Um, I'm gonna make sure I get the correct results here because I don't think I actually wrote it. But uh, Martinez tapped her out with a. Okay, yeah, I said wrenched on the back, but I wasn't sure if it was like literally Boston Crab or if I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Sometimes I write shit in my notes and I'm like, I'm gonna remember this because it sticks in my mind. But for some reason, that didn't. Yeah, she's good one, ladies. I Christadora is in a, a bit of a tough spot here because you know it's just a tough draw for her in the tournament. You know what I mean? Like, but. I'm sure she's happy to put over a veteran. You know what I mean? I think this renaissance in wrestling in AEW, Trisha Dora will see success from it in 2024. I hope so. I hope, I hope the plan is not that she's just being put as like the bottom of Ring of Honor. I think they're probably, like you said, like she's probably AEW bound because she's too good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, see, it, when she gets, you know, she got Julia match in New Japan strong. Shit like that where I'm like, they know he, how good she know, is. She gets booked elsewhere. Ball. He knows ball. He trusts her. It's like with Willow. Willow was primarily on Ring of Honor, and then she started getting booked in places like Japan and other places, and, and suddenly she was an AEW mainstay. So, you know, now she's in a tag team with Chris Statlander. Like, you know, it, it, Trish should go on a similar trajectory. Maybe she should try and get in the orbit of, like, Mercedes or somebody like that. Mercedes already talked about wanting to build a faction, right, on the indies, like, you know, in AEW, if, if, if she could, right? So, like... We might see that reality. Okay, so this is the segment I want to talk about. So Layla and Rachel talk it out after the match, and they're not like still, they're like a little bit like apprehensive because they're like a little mad at each other because I didn't really mention it, but Layla got a little aggressive and they, they agreed to, and this is interesting, I didn't mention this. During the match, they agreed not to strike each other, obviously, though. Um, and Layla ended up having to literally put her away. Like she had to, like, she put, she hit her with her finisher, right? The knee or whatever it is, right? And she went down, but she kicked out and she then got pissed and finished her. And so like they kind of had the air a little bit. And I think Charlie, after this segment ended, after like Layla walked away, there was like a little bit of a heel Paul, you know, that look on Paul Ellering's face when he's like fucking evil, you know, like, yeah, I think I saw a little bit of that in her dude. Ooh, okay. I think, I think we might be heading toward a Rachel heel turn, dude. I'm down. I don't know if it's going to be now, but I think they've been slowly planting this while. And if if they want to pull the trigger on it, if they see money in it, you know, potentially, as like the first singles feud for Black, um, I could see them having her cost later, later in the um, And I don't know what you do with that, because usually in these kinds of situations, you'd get like suspended or even whatever fired is usually with this, but I don't know how they would work that. I don't know. But I, I do think... Um, it's still, I think, interesting that they're planting the seeds for Rachel heel turn. I feel like maybe potentially, maybe I'm just assuming that because Paul Ellering is usually English. Eh, either way. 
of the righteous and Lance Archer took them. Some guys. Just some guys. Yep. Where they were. Um, violation here. And the infantry then backstage put the outrunners on us, basically said, yeah, quit using our moves or we'll beat you up. Basically. Yeah. You know? And they should. All right. This is a match I know you're probably going to want to talk about. Kenny King, who I believe you have been on. Um, or maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. No, Kenny's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I think he's one that you've mentioned when I, he's been on Ring of Honor a few times. I know I remember the name for some reason. So it's either you or I know one of two. Um, and he's here. Uh, Rickabani let us know there was no splendor from the castle this week. <clears throat> um, and, uh, Kenny King was just getting weirded out by Dalton. He's just like, what the, what is this guy doing? This is just, um, so here's the thing. So Kenny King has got, he's like high places. Uh, he's friends with like, bro- uh, well, who, who, Shane, who the fuck did I write it in this Shane? It wouldn't be fucking swerve. Shane? The fuck? That's a mistype. Um, oh, Shane, uh, Shane Taylor. That's who it is. Okay. Um, STP. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also with Roosh. You know, he's been associated with all the people in Ring of Honor previously. A lot of interesting op- Um, um, and then after the match, we have Dalton demanding answer from Johnny TV. Uh, Johnny TV came out looking in some fun gear. Um, by the way, so the shout outs to Johnny TV for look bucks. Um, and asked what they wanted for him to get the match with Johnny TV and Charlie. They want the bulls. Let's go. Um, so think that Dalton Castle is going to give up the boys to face Johnny TV. Gotta do what you gotta do. Let them demolish each other. Do the boys then betray Dalton Castle and like beat him up? Ooh. Imagine. Yeah, like as soon as he gives them away, they just turn on him and just wrap out of him. God, they're fucking nuts, dude. I, I kind of hope that's how it goes. I think it'll be that dramatic. I think no, they'll yeah, probably, no. probably just have him be like really sad and then go over there and then we won't see him again until after the story's over and thing, you know, like, but man, that would, there's some interesting, see, this is why I love Dalton Castle. You just never know. Cause he's done this kind of crazy shit before, you know, where he does like some absolutely insane stuff and then some actually crazy retelling. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, and, that um they meant they did this to mention that because Taya Valkyrie was also out there that she was taking on I believe her name next week um in her match the first round we also got updated that uh, Red Velvet will be taking on Sandra Moon Abaddon will be taking on Viva Van and Robin Renegade will be taking on Billy Starks tough draw for Robin Renegade there at least one of the Renegades got into this tournament though I was kind of really hoping for that and I'm really yeah. glad that Robin made it in um, agreed. And we had another phenomenal Athena throw. Um, and, um, and basically the, the message I took away from this, she's got to send a message. And so, um, between her and, and, and yep. I, I've been saying a year of Ring of Honor needed to have something to cap it. And I think there's been nothing in the last year of Ring of Honor that has been fine to show more than if his world title reign. And I can't think of a better way to close that show, you know? I believe I read somewhere it's a two out of three match as well. Oh, yeah. 
I believe I believe uh, at the very end of the show, Nyla says that it's a two out of three falls tables match, dude. That's a fucking huge match. You know what? So so good on Ring of Honor for at least you know a we'll get where it's due. They uh yeah, it's a gimmick match, but it's gonna be really good with these. They two, they you know went mean? out with a certified fucking banger. You know who? Yeah, will we possibly get Eddie on the show? God only knows, right? But I I would love a Eddie Eliminator match maybe, or something. We know we're you know getting I mean? like. These women's matches, Billy Starks and, and all this other stuff. So, you know, and now we just, we, we look forward to, uh. Oh, dude, if, if they throw this, cause I bet there'll be people that tune in for this, for the Athena match. I bet there's people following her stuff right now. Cause they know how good she's being. Cause it's gotta be making the rounds how good she is at this point. Right. Like, yeah, I hope so. Anyway, I hope she's not just buried on her, but, um, yeah. So we'll talk about the last match. We talked about the end segment. Uh, Diamante took on. Charlie, I suggested a little while back because there is obviously like a real life relationship between these two. You know what I mean? Like, did they play into that a little bit? And bro, Diamante, the start of this match says, I hurt you a lot more than it, or it hurt me is a lot more than it's going to hurt you or something like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, it's like that. Yeah. It's like that. You yep. know? Let's go. Tony Khan's scheming, bro. He's putting tag team partners against each other and fucking actual in, in relationship people. <laughs> No, but really, I think that had more to do with the fact that the two of them obviously are close. But then over the last few weeks, have been like kind of trading back wins against each other. Like, if this is a story that they're building into the next pay per view, bro, go down because I, I, we haven't seen anything like that in wrestling. I don't think, right? Have we ever had like other than like when like one of the lovers will go off and like date Bobby Lashley if it's Lana? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but like. Have we ever had anything where like two of them actually fought each other like that? I mean, I I, I wonder if they're going to play into that. Like, I wonder if let's hope so, man. Let's seriously hope. Uh, so. I hope it's not just a one off. I hope. I hope. You know what? If it was just Diamante throwing that there, because I'm sure something like that when when there's not much going on for them, when somebody suggests something online, they probably about it. You know what I mean? Like, um, even if it's like just us, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that kind of stuff makes yeah. like. And they probably were suggesting the idea anyway because they've been doing stuff against each other. You know, there's always these small little things. If you go back over the last several times they've been in matches together, there's always some interaction between those two. She either toss one of them either tosses them out of the ring at the end of a tag match or something like that. It's uh, you know, there's one infamous one I remember, Charlie. I don't know if you remember this one where Diamante literally apologized but still fucking got the win. And it's like, <laughs> sorry. Yep. Yeah, sorry, babe. You know, like sorry, sorry this, this sucks. Pop. Yeah, you know, um, got to get the money. Um, but you know, I, I for them to do something with that, but uh, I don't know. But they did a really, really good job. They had a fun match here. You know, they probably know each other's arsenals inside and out. You know what I mean? Like, who's probably helping them more to review their shit than each other? Probably nobody. You know what I mean? Like, so these two just were like, yeah, just give us the fucking the main event. We'll we'll tear the house down. We had a great time, and then the Nyla Rose segment. So. I think there was some really great action with the women throughout this entire show of Ring of Honor, Charlie. And just give me your thoughts on this Diamante Kira Hogan match, and and yeah, we'll we, uh, we'll we move on to uh, delivered for sure, fucking delivered. And um, can it sustain? Will it sustain that level of quality? Yeah, it's going to. It's going to. And I, I agree. I believe as well. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, seeing where we go next. Right. So. Um, Any prediction for who will win this? I have mine. I think I, I think I could do. I think going back and forth on a couple. 
a part of me thinks it's still going to be Red Velvet. I don't know why. Now look, Bill's like very... I could see Bill too. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to be surprised if it's Bill. But um, yeah, we, we got options. What were you going to say? I think... I think Billy Starks is winning this, dude. Yeah, no, I think it seems like the... Uh, not necessarily the safe pick. Yeah, the safest for sure. Because um, she she's done a lot in the last year. She's like it's like Sky Blue, her Queen Aminata, a few others. Like they just really put in a lot of work, and I think they know what they have. And I think there was a real possibility she was going to beat Athena, but they just decided not to pull the trigger because they thought they could get more legs out of it. Yeah. Oh, great stuff from Ring Honor. I love this. Take us into Dynamite, Charlie, or the stuff on Dynamite we didn't talk about. I guess I should say. Yeah. So Dynamite. We're opening up with John Moxley and Dax Harwood. This is Dax's first match on Dynamite since April of last year, where he lost to Jeff Jarrett. Which, funny enough, I was at funny story. Um, this is a hard one, and uh, you know they just they beat the crap out of each other, and we're laying the foundation for the next, you know, fucking super match between these guys, between their factions, between FTR, the Blackpool Combat Club. It's going to ah, uh. Commentary teed up a lot about the Arena Mexico stuff and these each other. Um, all right, PTC versus all right. I got I got our blood and guts for this year. PCC versus FTR, Daniel Garcia, and Mark Briscoe. Okay, I'm in. That sounds fun to me. It makes sense, and Daniel Garcia can turn on them in the end and join join the combat. Yes. Give me and we don't need it to be five on five. It can be four on four. Fuck it. Didn't NXT do a four on four once? Think it is. Yeah. Uh, everyone thought at this moment the ta- the tag would happen at Revolution, but it well, turns out we're getting the match next week. So next week's going to be nuts. By the way, let's just toss that out there now before we get to the end of the show. And yeah, man, they pulled outside. It was just who they were kissing each other. I mean, the Valentine's Day was in the mood. You know, um, I thought it was really good, man. We we got a five minute time limit call from Justin, and uh, Moxley is a sharpshooter from that, and they just fourth. Um, Dax actually went to went for a headbutt, uh, couldn't hit it. They countered each other and Moxley choked him out. Moxley never let go. Cash hit the ring, beat him down. Claudio, you know, even the odds, dropped Wheeler with a neutralizer, and by the choke. I mean, dude, this this is the shit we're looking for, you know. Um, I, I thought this was a really no, opener. I I maintain that uh, even though he lost this match, that's uh, you know he's still yeah, fuck John Moxley, better wrestler, better better wrestler, it's better. Dax better. <laughs> uh, no, but dude, it was it was really enjoyable, and um, I think it's shit like that that we're walking away from being very content with uh, the current story that we're telling with a BC versus FTR. Um, maybe we get a uh, audio versus uh, cash at some. Uh, uh, that, don't be shocked if they have more than one match. Let's just toss that up. Huh? Oh yeah, I think we could. I, I don't think, think Dynamite next week, the end all be all for this feud. Blackpool, for Blackpool Combat Club, honestly, hasn't had many storylines that went less than a few months. Like they haven't. I can't think of anything they've done that lasts a short amount of time. Like it's been some time. So. There'll be times when, like, parts of the group, like, Wheeler hasn't been on in forever. Like, we haven't seen him in a fucking Felix. I mean, like, um, and, and, like, 
sometimes Claudio and John won't really on as much. You know, they all take time off. There was like, I mean, I felt like when during the MJF feud, it was just Brian. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so, so following that, we go backstage with Renee, where Don Callis, Kanosuke, Kesha, Powers, Hobbs are there. What's next for the family after the recent success? Alice said they're a victim of their own success. No one wants to face them. They need to look within the family to result in the best possible match. Will Ospreay, Kanosuke, Kesha is announced for Revolution. Shit, man. This is. Now, I'm not kidding you. I think the best possible, the number one, numero uno, the best possible scenario, both guys involved. Unless Kenny was magically better, but he's not. Kanosuke Takeshita and Will Ospreay will put up to the night. This is it's going to be... It's kind of cool that, in their mind, Kanosuke is like... Kenny B, essentially. You know what I mean? He, like, is, he's, he is the future of, of... He's the future of professional wrestling. Whether it's in AEW or it's in Japan, that's to be determined. But you know what? He, he's in AEW for the now. And that would be the finesse of the century. He wrestles for like two or three years in AEW, and then after not really getting booked for anything significant, goes over to New Japan and becomes the world champion for five years. Straight, I'm perfectly... You know, like, I would be perfectly goddamn with that. Because you know what? Th- this guy's a future ace of whatever company he's in. So... If it's AEW, I'm totally down. This really rustled my Jimmy. I don't know about you, but I I, I shit my pants. Actually. I I didn't see this coming, so I, I'm just glad we're getting Will on the pay per view because it means we're getting Will on weekly AEW. It means we're getting Will, maybe possibly Will Okada and Mercedes on weekly AEW television coming up for a revolution. It's gonna be insane. Looking God, Will Osprey's here. Who wins this match? Ooh, that'll be fun. Oh, oh. Will, no, Will, Will is winning. I, I loved Kanosuke, but Will is 1,000% winning. Will, like, the guy who can't beat Kenny versus the guy, Kenny twice? I mean... I don't know. I, I, hey, hey, hey. It'll be a fun pre-show in a couple weeks. It'll be a fun pre-show. Say it right now. Uh, Wardlow defeated... Uh, I think we have sound for that. <laughs> Wardlow just staring at himself in the mirror. That's, that's all that's getting him over right now. And it's not working. I'm in turmoil. All right. I'm in absolute turmoil. There you go. We had footage of Private Jet earlier. Matthew and Nicholas Janning are uh, Janning Jackson are burning their uh, CO two fumes in the air, or whatever the fuck it is. They're wearing their bloody suits. They're getting into a Hummer. Bro, imagine getting out at a fucking airport in a bloody suit. <laughs> How'd they pass security? You gotta beat the fuck out of that thing. All right. <laughs> Adam Copeland, Daniel Garcia. This match resulted in a no contest. Brother, I was eating good today. <laughs> I was eating good in the neighborhood. I thought these guys. Uh, the best part of this match was the guy that Edge. Uh, dude, by the way, fucking Adam Copeland turning. He's trying to turn a heel in this match, by the way. Nah, I didn't see that coming. Fuck that kid. Now, nah, the guy with the sunglasses, he had fucking backup sunglasses. What the hell was that about? That was the best part of the match. It was the best part. And you know what? Adam Copeland. These had some good chem. Like, they, they were really good together. The Cope Open. 
Daniel Garcia was not just another casualty, guys. Are we going three-way at the pape? I don't know. To be determined, this was the number one contender of the championship. Um, no, we can't do that with two different angles on the same fucking show. No, I don't think we are. Way. I think we run this back on collision, if not next week, the following week. This, to me, screams collision main event gets the win clean. and um, But he's putting over Garcia having another match, right? Uh, unbelievable dragon screws by Garcia, of course. Um, the STF he sank in was really good. There was an impaler that was awesome. Um, Daniel Garcia was worked on his injured arm. Uh, I should say Copeland worked on Daniel Garcia's injured arm. Very. Um, Copeland at one point charged for a spear, and Daniel kicked him in the fucking head. Went for a jackknife pin for two, and then Nick Winning will switch way down. Um, Christian Cage hit ringside. Uh, mother, uh, mother, um, patriarchy hit the concerto. They went to deliver the concerto to Daniel. Copeland returned in house with a chair of his own. Cage cowered in the corner. Wayne delivered a low blow on on Copeland. Nick delivers the Wayne World. Kills hits the extinction lariat, and Christian hits a concerto. To Mr. Adam Copeland holds up the TNT. And I, I wonder if we'll see Beth Phoenix in AEW. I could see it one day. I don't see why not. She and feels like she's one that should have come back. She didn't even have to retire. You know what I mean? She was just like, eh, wrestling for women kind of sucks right now. Bye. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally what she did. One of the best women's wrestlers at women, in women's wrestling at the time. And she could have probably gone over to Japan and had like a really long-term career there when, you know, Japan was popping with the women's wrestling, you know, like. And, and not that it's not still now, but when it was really starting to. Nah. I, I, I'm sure it's the money. You know what I mean? Like. Doing her thing. Yeah. She said, nah, I'm just going to go be Edge's husband, you know. Or uh, husband, excuse me. Uh, wife. Samoa Joe. Bert Phoenix. Hangman on page and swerve all that stuff. Brad Phoenix. I, <laughs> I got to tell you, I thought, I thought that uh, this face off didn't work for me as much as the most one place. I, I, I don't know why it didn't work for me as well, but you know. I think they don't really know what they want to do with this yet. Is it going to be the two of them are too caught up with each other to win the championship, or is it going to be one of them is more focused than the other, and that costs the other one, but it costs yeah, like, Joe more? Like, 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 like we don't know where pieces there. Like, like what you just said. There's pieces to that that sound very interesting. I just don't think it was executed properly. Like, I think if we well, read, it'll this, get clearer as we get closer. I think maybe. I think, I think this was I think clearly right now. They're trying to position Swerve to be in like your mind who's going to win, what he's going to be or not. You know. They just didn't get that across quite perfectly. You know, I'm not sure why that didn't connect, but I knew where they were trying to go for, but it didn't land, you know? You know, I, I think if we read this on, on a piece of paper of what this promo was going to be, I think we'd be like, oh, this will probably go over well. I just don't know if it was executed, you know, the perfect way. And that's okay. Um, I don't think it didn't take my wind out of the sails for the pay-per-view by any sense of the, uh, you know. I mean, how could it? These three are going to have no. a banger no matter what. And uh, the crowd was really into Joe, man. That go home line was fucking beautiful. He said, you know, both believe you're pinning each other, but he's Samoa Joe and he's whipping both your asses. That's why I'm saying Joe isn't a heel, man. He's he's a fucking baby face. The crowd loves Joe. Like, Joe, Joe, Joe. Yeah. Oh. Um, we get the new Wet Ink, Timeless Tony Storm, new uh, feature motion, whatever you want to call it. She covered up the, t- put a knife through it. Um, she helped Deanna Prazo nurture her bosom of brilliance and seat of talent. 
Peraza bit the teat that fed her. Somewhere along the way, Peraza thought she was just an extra. Sormas, what do you do when you can't change the past? You kill it. All right, Kylo Ren, calm the fuck down. <laughs> Place at a tattoo parlor, and uh, yeah, she put a dagger through the bird, which I thought, brilliant fucking touch. Let me tell you this. There's going to be people online that are like, you guys really doing this fucking feud over a tattoo? Dude, this is just another prop in the story, and you know what? It's, it's a fucking metaphor for the what what's this happening. This is just another, it's, you can name X prop and X story, and this is the prop they're using for this one, and it fucking works. Because it's tied into their past. This is a multi-layered story. And I really, really like the build. This pro- I really like the build of this feud. And we're finally doing the fucking, uh, no, we're actually, it, it's Mariah's wrestling NJ. I believe we're going to finally do the Mariah and Deanna Perrazzo match. Not next week, but the week. Yeah, uh, th- th- this is a fun little, you know, little shindig, if you will, right? So, um, Deanna Perrazzo was asked what her thoughts are, and she just said, she talks too much. <laughs> you talk too much. You never shut up. This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> makes me think of when CM say that to everybody all the time. We're going to see that Deanna Prazo clip on uh, Botchmania, of course. She's going to be interesting the talks too much segment. <laughs> you talk Literally. too much. You never shut up. Matthew and Nicholas Jackson defeated Top Flight. They're in their suits. Um. The match itself was pretty solid. Top Flight uh, worked all of the high spots, which I think is going to benefit more for the heel characters that the EVPs are playing. And um, Yo, hold on. I got to say something really quickly. Why do the Young Bucks get to walk around with Darby Allen and Singh's blood on their suits, but when fucking AR Fox does it for like two weeks, he gets fucking dropped in the faction? I don't make the rules. <sighs> pain. That's why. Fucking pain. You want to know why? Because they're the EVPs, not you. I'm not AR Fox. If I was this podcast, God damn it. <laughs> oh, it hurts because it's true. Yeah. Even that motherfucker would be like, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Um, that dog and him podcast with AR Fox. But even like Excalibur fucking hates these guys. Talking about how they ruined their reputation. Shivani scared shitless of them and Taz is applauding their work. We need to clean this place up. No, the dynamite commentary table is so chaotic these days. It's kind of <laughs> essentially. Um, Darius hit a Spanish fly on Matthew. Nicholas managed to take Dante off the floor. Matthew tried to feet on the pins rope. Nick, Rick Knox caught it. That son of a bitch! You're gonna get. You're gonna lose money for that one, bro. Nicholas argues. Matthew hits a pop up punt kick low. The eager to get the victory. After the match, Shivani went to the ring to conduct an interview. <laughs> They said they're undefeated this year, and that makes them the top unbeatable tag team. He puts over how great Top Flight were and said they're the number one contenders now, even getting their own graphic. Giovanni said Sting is not there due to their heinous act. Matthew cuts him and said, that's a breach of contract. You're publicly disparaging the EVPs. Thousand dollar fine. Got a problem with that? They shove him down. And then he call he, they call him his brother down. They go to pick Shivani up, and he's in the fucking. <laughs> I thought, dude, there was a second. I thought they were gonna fucking hit the EVP trigger on him. I was like, oh no. But then there was a part of me that's like getting rid of collision. Ah, look, bro, I'm sorry. I gotta be honest. Darby with a baseball bat, and then Darby goes off about oh, you know the original mission statement of AEW changed the world. 
He begged the Bucks to get hired, but saw that they saw nothing in him. Instead of hiring their shit California crew friends, thank God there's an EVP around with some brains, and he's not talking about Kenny. We get a Cody Rhodes chant. Bucks did an interview last year saying they resigned AEW due to the easier schedule, which in turn made omission statement dead. Debut episode of AEW didn't have Darby. Instead, it had guys like Brandon Cutler. The Bucks don't know what they're getting themselves into. Sting has nothing left to lose. Revolution. It's showtime. Thought that was all right out of Darby. I mean, look, fucking revolution. Uh, you can't really sell it better than last week. So I think anything beyond last week is going to be a little bit of a step down. Is that fair to say? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, th- last that week was, was executed again. so perfectly that it's it's no matter what happens next was going to feel like a step lower. I think that's just where I, I I think if Sting had been able to even just be like in the backstage and record something last week, it would have just felt like. A little bit more, because they could have done something that they just played. Like he doesn't actually have to be there. You know, it's the video but, they but played. Telling the public execution of Sting also works. And agree. Like, um, you know, it it, it just felt like there was Darby on his own. Feel like, it, you know what I mean? It felt like there was lacking, and and it's so you know you can't. Do we need this to be about. Um, I'm guessing that was a Darby call. You know what I mean? Just like, is this what we're really doing with the feud? Like going back, uh, I to think I think I hate to say this because this is Sting's retirement feud, but they're kind of setting the groundwork for what they're going to do after them because they're just passing them the titles, basically. So it's but I imagine once they beat Darby, they're done with Darby. Darby's going to Mount Everest. No, 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 no. no. What they're going to do with other people, not even with Darby. Yeah, that's fair. I just, you know, I don't. know. I wonder what other people. The next contenders will have a similar mentality to Darby. around this angle, but like I just. It wasn't a complete miss, but I was like, eh, is this what we need the mission? Sorry. But, um, you know, it's also yeah. Darby's cadence. Again, promos tonight were not fantastic. And I think that was across the board. That's okay. Look, I don't mind it all the time. I, they, they ended up on Rampage, in my opinion. So fine. Um, Ray's backstage at the Bang Bang Scissor Gang Lounge with the Bullet Club Gold and the Acclaimed. I'm already over this group. They have merch gold, but they have yet to test cohesiveness as a group. Daddy ass and also gun took the interrupt together. You know, I, I think there's an audience. I think they're loving it. So good for them. I I'm starting to agree with the people that say Jay White was buried into the gutter because he kind of. I think it's only going to feel like it for weeks. God, I hope I'm right. Um, I really do. Because if this goes be fucking revolution, well, fuck, I, I'll jump into that too. But you know, he did just he went for the world title. He had a beautiful Continental Classic, and if this is just the temporary program to them being trios champions, I'm cool. Perfectly cool. I just, I don't see with like Okada and Will Ospreay coming in, as good as Jay White is, I just don't see him fitting into that world title CN for a long time, you know, like. I'm okay with that. He doesn't need to be in the world title in 2024. Let him be the trios. Let him do his own stuff with Bullet Club Gold. Let him run Kali. I'm cool. Um, So, Willow Nightingale takes on a defeat Scott. Stokely joined commentary. They argued about shirt cups, you know, Taz owns orange, which that uh, Willow kind of immediately hits a cartwheel out of an Irish rip. She hit a, uh, um, blue hit a dragon sleeper, but, uh, Willow escapes. She pounds on her in the corner and then she chased her back in. She did what now? Hits a pounce on her. We jump to a commercial. We come back. They're fucking out. Blue hits a thrust. Uh, Willow goes with uh, multiple clotheslines in a row. 
corner hip attack, big boot, nice spine buster. Blue avoids a dock bomb, hits a DDT for a near fall. She's taking the uh, dragon sleeper one more time. Back door into a corner. Uh, Blue missed a kick and was scheduled or was launched with another bounce back inside. Oops. Um, but Blue slides through. She hits with the Chicanos kick, corner power bomb for two. Code Blue, visual pin. Pathway distracts the ref. Uh, Willow recovers and hits the dumb for the victory. Stokely already showing off. Uh, she's here to help. I like this parent. Um, you know, it's okay. Um, you know, we've we've kind of grown out of this slot for the women's matches, but this is just one of those that spot, and uh, it's a pretty solid match. Say it. The, the, if if this somehow makes anything on the show, at first I was in my head, I was like, oh, women's tag team pay-per-view match, you know what I mean? Probably pre-show. If it even makes it that far, it's PTV, you know what I mean? Like, No. Well, well Julia, Mike, she's hurt, so we gotta figure that out, too. Oh, wait, Julia's injured? I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. Julie, oh, yeah, I guess I kind of forgot to put that in news. Julia Hart and Yuta are both injured. Unsure of their okay. timetables. They could be back next week, for all we know. But that's why they've been gone like the past three or four weeks. So keep an eye out for that. Maybe, you know, yeah, there's options. Um, Jump into Collision, Rampage, where following the Don Callis and Sammy Guevara and Will Hobbs and all that, Renee's interviewing Pince Nana and Brian Cage. Brian Cage is no sauce. Charisma vacuum. Cage is a real wrestler and Hook is not was basically what was said for 45 seconds. Private Party said they're the future AEW World Tag Team Champions. They start bragging them being a top five team in the rankings. Um, they introduced Cheesecake. I, sorry, I don't believe them. They, they, they've they never been even believably going to win those titles once. Young Bucks put them over before. Maybe. Uh, it's going to be a wild. Which I will I think fucking stay. I don't think, I think we're getting a meaty Young Bucks run. I don't think we're fucking pushing. I, I will stay until time. the day I die. That was the wrong call at that time. The young should when they did. It it really hurt King Tag Team Division when it happened. But they were so scared of being called, you know, WCW and only Pookie booking themselves over. It in turn fucked themselves over. But I'm fucking Cody. It it really hurt. The young book should not have like, yes, a year down the road, I'm totally cool. I'm I hated it. Um, Tony Khan should never have allowed that to happen. Let's be real. With either parties. Like, you should have just been allowed to win championships. And we were just trying to be too nice. And I think it, it hurt him at that moment. No, let's keep it a buck. They weren't then. trying to be nice. They didn't want to have fucking people saying this, that about them. They didn't exactly. want that reputation. So they were trying to be nice and put on this. It's not about being nice. I think it's like, it's, it's, it's all motivated with Rake about their, like, they don't want to lose that. They, because say AW doesn't work out and they have to go back on the indies, the other wrestlers aren't going to want to work with them if they're known like that. You know? Yeah, it was a very interesting moment. Um, Claudio, what am I thinking? Your wife's. Um, if you would have told me, I got about to say. Never mind. Uh, John Moxley looked a little taken aback by that one too. They're going you know? after FTR. What the fuck was this, John and Claudio? If Brian, dude. I, I almost said Brian Cage had a better promo. I didn't. I held back. I held back. Nah, nah. Claudio can cut a better promo than him. But... Yeah, 100%, but this sucked. Life's glutes. But I will say, Orange Cassidy not cutting any promo at all is still... <laughs> Claudio. <laughs> yeah. 
Renee, Renee interviews uh, Ruby Soho. She was interrupted. Um, Soraya, she kept calling her. Uh, she knows she's been setting her up. Harley Cameron does a, a bit from The Simpsons. He's an absolute lunatic, is led to believe. Cool. I mean, look, I don't think that hurt anyone involved. Again, that's for later on Ruby in the row. This is four not great segments in a row, though, for being just honest. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty excited following the opening match. And I was like, huh. So, you know what? I take back what I just said about 50 minutes ago. It wasn't just Dynamite. It was Rampage, too. Everyone's promos were a little off this week. But Ruby and Ruby and Angelo bring us back later. So just hold that thought. Dustin Rhodes, Ross Van Eric, Mark Van Eric defeat Hit, Romeo Cru- Cruz, and Shimbashi. Dude, the vibes were high. Uh, Matt Menard put it over a lot. This is the first time they, their family team together in like 40 years. Look, Devon Eric following the Iron Claw, I, I, uh, I'd sink my teeth into it, man. I, I, I think there is a demographic outside of your fans watching now that would be interested in watching Devon Eric's, and that's not something a lot of people don't possess. Basically, no one in the fucking wrestling scene outside of The Rock possesses right now. So, take that information what you will. There's something there with the Von Erichs, and I, I would come to aid up. I got, you know what, if you, I, I don't know how it would work. I don't know how we'd get there, but you know who I'd put them? I, I think there's something there. So. If you, <laughs> House of Black doesn't put, put other people. Yeah. 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 Um. So this is cool. I, look. Oh wait. We 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 can't do this, Charlie. We can't book Malachi and no singles matches in another year. We can't let that. He has to wrestle one before. Fuck. It's already fucking March almost, and he still hasn't. Fuck. We're gonna get a random Malachi and Sam Guevara match, and have to shut up and like it. Queen Aminata defeats Anna J. Okay. Yes. She finally got her first singles win in AEW. Yeah, it Fuck was an yes. ass versus ass. Yeah. Um, Queen Aminata is so far above Anna J in the ring. And I don't think... They got to stop putting Anna against these chicks like her and Sky. I don't think Everybody we realized... Else. And I'll tell you this. We've, like, without completely burying her, we've said before, Anna J's a little far behind certain people in the ring. Queen Aminata, she only been wrestling a couple of years. Last year, she went to Japan. Look where Queen Aminata today, guys. It's I, I I don't know if it's this simple, but you know what? If Jack's going to Japan anyways, and if they're still a couple, let's send Anna to Japan. And I don't think it's the end all be all. It's going to be a fucking savior for her. Look, and I'm not I'm not here to say oh Anna Jay's horrible. She's not does where she's like just watch the match if you've seen this match you know exactly what i'm talking about and it's that simple she's not a bad wrestler and i, I don't want to i don't want to sit here and say oh energy sucks but we're not here to fucking bury people this year you know um but no uh and uh yeah that headbutt in the pinfall let's fucking go what what an indictment, Anna J, that Queen Barry knew here. And, and to be fair, AEW has documentedly known what they were going to do with Queen Aminata for a while. Really realize it, you know? Um, but She's getting over based on the ring talent. But Anna J is now below Queen Aminata on the card. 
that's what this means. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Anna J just had the, the, the big victory at homecoming. She fought for the battle of the belts and it was a bad match. And now this, where she, she didn't just look one step behind, man. Like she looked like four or five and the infamous Britt Baker out where she just, could she benefit for some time in ring of honor? That could help her. Maybe, but I, I think with Anna J, she needs the excursion. And if Jack's already in Japan, I, I look, man, uh, are all proof. Mariah May, this is three people in the past year. It's proof. And, and you, you, you just gotta want it. And I think Anna wants it. So you just gotta wait and see. But Anna, again, this is, this is an AEW homegrown. Like this is someone they care a lot about and her being gone for a year would impact. Like that would be a big deal. So, but, um, it's just sad that she's the least successful of the branched off dark order members. You know what I mean? Like she, like even the regular dark order, they kind of are more of a mainstay on the show than she is. You know, 10 is a main part of the LFI faction. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's like she's the one that struggled the most. And she kind of had a little bit of a spotlight in the JAS. But, like, ever since that's been gone, they have, you know, like. And and I, I, I slightty worry next week, next week when she wrestles Ryan May, it's going to be obvious again just how, how run circles around her. But, um, yeah. Let's talk about the positive here with Queen Aminata. And you know what? She got a fucking victory. It's about goddamn time. She is the Women's Wrestler of the Year in AEW in 2024 so far. And she's finally got a... You know what? Fuck. Uh, Renee interviews uh, Willow Nightingale, Stokely, and Chris. Talk about Willow's win on Dynamite on Wednesday. She's upset Stokely cheated. And I think that I think that fits with Willow's character. Chris took responsibility for Stokely's action. They shook half, and this team will continue. Cool. I think that was very in line with their characters, right? I agree, yeah. They seem to be, like, on the same page, but, like, Stokely could still fuck it up, which I suspect he will probably at some point. Angelo Parker and Ruby, they kind of have a moment together. They actually set it up kind of cool. They're like, we never get a chance to talk to each other, so let's just book for TV time. What happens? And I I think that kind of works for me. Make a date. Drink next Wednesday night. Saw somebody wrote, it's not like either of them work on Wednesdays, so damn. Come on, man. Fucking got him. I made that same joke earlier in this podcast. <laughs> Bang Bang Scissor Gang defeat Dark Order, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh. And you want to know how they didn't give a shit about this match? Because the first five minutes. That's tough. What are we doing here, man? This match was a fucking trap. It was a dumpster fire, dude. It was a fucking dumpster fire. You were going to say travesty. (laughs) (laughs) Please. 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 Don't let this go after. We had a Monday Night Raw opening match on this. Dude, (laughs) even good. You know what I kept? I'm looking at my notes right here. You know what? I wrote four fucking things. You know what one of them was? The size of Satnam Singh when he's next to Reynolds is fucking awe-inspiring. This is the shit I was writing. (laughs) I also wrote, could he suck his thing up? But we'll set, we'll skip past that. Um, <laughs> um, no, Excalibur casually announced Brian versus Junakiyama again. That match is going to fucking kick ass. And the story they're telling with Daniel beating all of Eddie's idols. You know what? I, I, I wrote to you this morning. Let's fucking break the fourth wall. Fuck it. I said Rampage wasn't bad. This is one of those moments when I read it back. 
fuck was I thinking? This show was kind of ass. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything about that, but I, I, I was, I was kind of thinking, man, are you faded? Like, goddamn, like he had that opening match, and that's what I'm remembering. And and I, the for the Von Erics were high. So next week, AEW Dynamite, uh, John Moxley and Claudio versus FTR, Samoa Joe Swerve and Brian Cage versus Hangman Age Hook and Rob Van Dam will be in action, and Deanna Praz will be in action. Two women's matches on Dynamite. Good sign. Again, this revolution of the women's division is uh, doing wonders. Mariah yeah, May but they're going to be two Jade. men's matches for like three combined minutes of, of ring time, though. That's the th- we got to hope it's not. Uh, it better not be just three. <laughs> and then let me toss the squashes. What no, do you mean? No, no. Let's get Tony Storm versus Rachel Ellering, and let's get Deanna Perazzo versus Trisha Dora. From like seven to eight minutes each. Hey, maybe. You know, they both just lost on Ring of Honor. They can fucking show up to Dynamite because Dynamite and Ring of Honor are taping the same night. Actually, there isn't going to be Ring of Honor. Uh, Ring of Honor is going to do the fucking... They've already taped all of Ring of Honor. So it's going to be taped the following. Um, Again, I think I'm wrong again. I think it's not this week's week, but whatever. Um, Collision, they've announced Danielson versus Junakiyama. Thunder Rosa in action and Serena Deeb is in action. Women's matches next week, guaranteed. Ring of Honor. So, um, uh, do we have the bracket off the top of our heads here for next week? If not, I'll pull it up real quick. But uh, just talk uh, to me real what, quick about June and Danielson, man. Um, like, like, does that is that beautiful for you, June and Danielson? Yeah. Oh, I'm so June is obviously really interesting because he was like the hand picked fucking boy of the fucking four pillars of all Japan, I should say. Um, and he obviously ended up going on to help define that style as it went into Noah as uh, all Japan, you know, sort of changed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, I think he's obviously really world renowned for his, his, you know, start all Japan style of wrestling that he's, um, I I agree with you with the whole, it's cool that they're having him. It's all these Japanese guys right now. Eddie would obviously look. Because uh, he's a massive, uh, um, which I mean, so am I. To be fair, but like, to be fair, but um, I don't know. I I'm June. I mean, I don't think June's had a bad match in AEW, has he? I think pretty much everything he's done has been pretty Eddie good. Talk. So I mean, Eddie like, got very emotional following them. It was a big yeah. moment. So and June and, and God, that was such a cool moment because you know you. Be that hard Japanese wrestler. With Eddie on commentary, and it's going to be, it's going oh, to be. I know, I know, it's going to be incredible. Like this is going to be stuff. I can't wait for it. Um, I doesn't move the needle. I mean, I don't know what moves the needle anymore in wrestling. You know, like yes, it's cool. This is going to matter to the general audience. I hope, it does. <sighs> I hope it does. Uh, but those matches were Stark, Billy Starks versus Robin Renegade. And Danielson broke through the last time he wrestled a Japanese legend. When he wrestled Suzuki at God Places, I think he could do the same thing. uh, The Panther at uh, at this the Mexico show. So Red Velvet, Sandra Moon, Abaddon, Viva Van, Ty Valkyrie, Sussy Love, and we are getting the women's championship match of Athena versus Nyla Rose, which will be two out of three falls. That's minimally ten women's matches next week. Again, this is Renaissance in the division, and uh, let's hope it doesn't just die a month and a half after Mercedes gets here. And excuse and like I, I look, man. No, I I think it's a good sign that before Mercedes is getting here, that we're I really hope very so, heavily into it, women's wrestling. Maybe it's something she wanted to 
sign the I contract. Really it uh, it's 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 a whole avenue. Like Jade was such a star, and and she, what if she pulls the ultimate swerve? What if she comes out on Big Mizzes and says she's signing imagine, with WWE? That'd be crazy. She also had a fun little note this week. Uh, Bailey was reminiscing about their tag title run, and she goes, "Just wait till you see what's like for next." And it's like, "Oh, I fucking I'm, I can't wait, man! I can't wait." That'll be it for us, guys. This is a little bit, bit of a shorter week, just like last week. Again, no question this week. And yeah, well, we had some fun stuff to talk about. A lot, a lot of. I'll probably put that in the title. Um, the Renaissance is among us. Fuck it, I don't know. The Stark family has arrived. The Lord of Winterfell. Anyways, Optic. Uh, fucking Cod's getting sued by. Um, yeah. Vladimir Putin's assassinating his fucking political rivals. It's going down right now, man. But you know what? Wrexham beat Knox County. So, footy up. Let's go, boys. Uh, we'll see you guys next week for our second to last show before Revolution. It's not next week we're recording Revolution stuff, is it? It's not. No, no, no. No. I'm faded. It, we got the show first on the 28th. All right. Wow. It's March 3rd. It's coming up fast, guys. Revolution's going to be busy for us. and. uh Hopefully we see the Billy Goat showing up in AW pretty soon here. Um, I need Gabe Kidd to follow Let me just toss this out there now. If for some reason the beginning of the show was all fucked up, I'm sorry. The server shit on us. But if you stuck through, you fucking used through. No, I think if as long as you have the audio bite beginning, I think it should be fine. Okay, if there's a bit of an awkward cut in what Charlie says and he doesn't quite start picking up where he left off, just understand, completely. Yeah, we, it, it got cut off because it, it cut off in the middle of the sentence for me. Fucking and Charlie didn't down. even realize he'd cut off. So I hope it might have picked up all my words for so, all. And you guys will never even know what we're talking about. But you, you know what? Thanks for sticking around with the show. We'll catch you guys next week. And uh, you know what? God damn it, Wardlow, fucking take us home, man. And if we just fucking, you beat Barrett Brown, Wardlow. You beat Barrett fucking Brown. Thank you very much.